listening to the Vocast. Hello, it's the Vookcast. It's episode number 138. Um, this is the Vookcast. We talk about Nintendo. We're from Australia. That's pretty much what we are and do. Um, hi, I'm Stephen Ibsen, and along with me is Troy Wassana. How are you, Troy? I'm good now that you got my name right. Yeah, nailed yeah. it. Also, Daniel Worthington is here. Hashtag Worthintendo. How are you? Hola. Hello. I'm here. Getting in the Alolan spirit for later on in yes. the episode. I am drinking from a pineapple and I am wearing a skirt of grass. That's... Hmm. It's always been like that, uh, though. I, I, Yeah, well, you know, it's my usual work attire. Um, <laughs> I don't know much else about... You know, if we're going to Hawaii, I could be Dog the Bounty Hunter. He's in Hawaii. So, yeah. Is that not, um, a, is that not a thing anymore? Okay. I'm old. Um... I don't know what you're talking about, but I don't know. Hell um, Harbor. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so there's been things happening this <laughs> week. Fortnite hasn't been. It hasn't even been a fortnight because we did that extra switch one. Yeah, about a week know. and a half, I think. Anyway, we're back. No, 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 no. The switch one was literally a day after we did the last podcast. It was like we did it. We but uploaded it. Was still it, midweek. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah. It was fun to do, but fun to i don't know um this this week we have even though it's weird nintendo specifically said don't expect there to be any more information about the switch until a later stage we've told you all that we're going to and there's just been a slow trickle of various switch information coming out over the last week and a bit um so we're gonna have a look and see what it is uh what have we got firstly um, apparently the Switch won't be sold for a loss, which is kind of similar to the, the Wii U. Like, part of why people thought it was, didn't go too well was the price was, they priced it at a point where they didn't make a loss on it to start with. Well, and no, so it seemed a bit more expensive. U, I thought the Wii U did sell at a loss at first. Oh, did it? Over, over time it got cheaper to produce and- It was a very short window they have, though. Yeah, because mm. they didn't drop the price of it, it's- I mean, the Wii U is still basically the same price now as it was at launch. Yeah, pretty much. In Australia, I think well, there were price drops well, internationally. No, I don't think so. I'm, yeah, there was at some point. I think there was at least a European one or a North American one. I do remember something like that. Um, but yeah, they're expecting to have about 2 million consoles to be manufactured and ready for launch in 2017, or at least to ship before the end of that quarter, which ends in March 2017. So... I mean, there'll be some to go around. I don't know if 2 million is a big number as far as console sales go. Um, but yeah, yeah, I have no idea. Th- this was this is all announced at their um, financial results, wasn't it? Uh, yes, yeah. I, th- I don't know, I'm trying to think, like, the they probably aren't making a huge amount of them after the Wii U because I'd, maybe they're not expecting it to sell well, but... Who knows? It'll be interesting if we have like a surprise success like the Wii and they just sell like crazy. Guess we'll find out. I'm going to pre-order mine soon. Oh, yeah. I think. I, I just need to know what's going on with region locking first before I commit to pre-ordering. I mean, I just want to find out what. You know, I, I think I'll probably pre-order a little bit later when we know 
a little more information about it. The only price they or price indication they've given so far is to they want to ensure that the device comes out at a price that is in line with consumer expectations, which it's tells us answer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it tells us next to nothing. Like, do we expect it to be priced like a an expensive tablet? Because that probably wouldn't be something that I want, but it might be this no. thing that a, it looks like an iPad, price it like an iPad, but no, I, I don't want that, no. No, um, <laughs> I'm going to Japan next year, I do not want that. <laughs> It'll be interesting, like, I, I don't think they'll be able to hit the sort of the 3DS kind of price point, like the 3DS and 2DS are at, at that point where you can buy one for every kid in the family and it's not going to bankrupt the well, whole family but I don't, yeah. I don't know if it was the financial briefings they said it but they did say recently that they want to look at the 3ds going forward as sort of like the family the 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 system for younger gamers hmm. so that's why that has that price point and i think that's why they've pushed hard on the 2ds in japan recently it's like here's a system for kids to use and they can't break it because the 2ds is basically indestructible um I'd be Whereas- kind of interested to see if that plays out. Like, I I don't expect it to continue. I sort of see it as a, I don't know, a Game Boy... It'll be the second pillar to the Switch's third pillar. Like, it'll just go away after the Switch comes out. I really don't expect so- them to keep the 3DS so going. Is- is the Wii U going to be like a first pillar, but it's like crumbling and almost destroyed at the <laughs> yes. moment? Yes, it's already, um, it's I mean, already crumbling. It's the floor. Well, well you, you look at, you look oh, at what, no the 3DS, what the 3DS has online for next year, and it's got... There's that Pikmin game, there's Yoshi's Woolly World, um, that Mario Sports game, Ever Oasis, um, a game we'll get to later. I'm pretty sure in the West we, we've got at least... Maybe Monster Hunter Stories, um, Etrian Odyssey 5 still hasn't come out yet. Um, so, like, the 3DS has at least a good solid year left of it. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised um, if it's... Well, obviously, they've committed to supporting it to that point, but I I question whether they would continue. I guess it depends on how well the Switch sells and whether whether it would end up being worthwhile putting development effort into the Switch if that just takes off phenomenally or keeping a little bit on the 3DS if that sort of is a reliable something to fall back on if the Switch isn't an immediate success. Well, here I think knows. what's going to happen... I think what's going to happen is because, I mean, younger gamers have migrated over to iPads. I mean, they're perfectly fine playing stuff on that. So I, I would assume the more shorter handheld experiences might be going to the smartphones. Um, we're sort of seeing that already with, like, Mario Run coming up and the Animal Crossing and Fire Emblem games for next year, whereas if you want your proper Nintendo console experience, here's the Switch. I mean, I can't see the 3DS lasting as long as, like, the DS did, because I think even up until last year, maybe, the DS was still getting ga- still getting retail games. But I'm pretty sure it's been a bit quiet for that for a while. Yeah. yeah. I think Pokemon was the, um, the biggest supporter of the, um, the old generation, while the new one was still around. But we and had, that like, was well, nice I mean, like, because like, like, there was the like backwards the t- compatibility at that point as well, and that'll be yeah. interesting because I, I know it'll be weird to buy a Switch and then get the new Pokemon game that's on a 3DS. I'll be like, hmm, maybe I will not bother. Well, maybe we'll get Pokemon Stars or whatever they call the third version. Eclipse. The, um, <laughs> maybe. Yes, Ooh. for the... Um, for, for the Switch. Because, I mean, that, that's sort of my one big worry with the Switch is where do my... 
Yeah, I mean, you, you guys know me. I'm more. I I more enjoy handheld style games. Like I'm playing Bravely Default at the moment, but I couldn't imagine playing that on a on a console because it just doesn't feel like a console game anymore. Mm. So I, I'm worried those types of games are going to go away with the Switch. Like that Etrian Odyssey is got no place on the Switch. Oh, that well, that's a map at all. I mean, on the topic of games for the Switch and what has been shown so far, apparently we shouldn't assume that the stuff in the video announcement reveal trailer, we shouldn't assume that they're actual definite games, which, I don't know, I I, I would be surprised if a version of Skyrim doesn't come to it because that would sell a lot of consoles, even... And I'm sure it's playable on everything up and, you know, anything up until a toaster at this point, but still it would be a nice thing to play Skyrim on a plane. But at the same time, I guess they might be preempting, like people saw the Zelda footage in the Wii U reveal, like, cool, there is definitely a Zelda game that's coming really soon because it looks so done already. And that (laughs) led to a lot of disappointment and a game that's going to be on the next console (laughs) after the Wii U. That's so, the second time Zelda's done that to people, by the way. Mm, like, yeah, I totally oh, like Space this. World on the GameCube as so, well. So should we also then, going by what they've just said, so we shouldn't assume that the footage of Zelda Breath of the Wild is actual footage of a game that's actually been shown? Because <laughs> no, no, none of that's real footage, but you showed it. No, none of it. No. None of it's real. <laughs> okay. The Switch version yes, is cancelled. I think they're just covering yes, their asses Nintendo, okay. because they don't want to specify what was and what isn't. Yeah, no, like, I guess if a Mario game comes out and it doesn't have kind of Mexican Day of the Dead style stuff, people <laughs> won't be like, you promised this level, I will boycott Nintendo. But at the same time, it's a really good idea and I really want it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, it's a cool theme that's completely How separate to anything they've done before. was shown in that, by the way? It's like oh. Zelda, Splatoon, Mario, Mario Fiesta, Mario Kart, 2K, Skyrim. Uh, and Skyrim. Was that it? I think so. I think so. Yeah, it was more focused on like console concept than the games. I think the games were just there as a you know, to have them. something on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean, it, was... it sort of makes sense for Splatoon and Mario Kart for them. Well, no, that's just footage we put in there because part of me is like I could see them going all out and actually making a brand new game based on what they've got already. And I think it was. I reckon it was on purpose that they they showed those games, but with new features like the. The um, yeah. inklings with different hairdos and abilities, and Mario Kart with a you know dual weapon sort of thing. They're clearly, and surely they wouldn't do that without tr- without uh, I don't know trying to indicate that that's going to be a thing that continues yeah. on to the next console. Uh, for me, the benchmark is if it can run a poorly optimized game such as Skyrim, <laughs> then it should be a, a fairly decent piece of. Game. It'll be a, a monster console <laughs> <laughs> if it could play that on a tablet size thing. I mean, I'm sort of fairly confident that that Mario Kart's going to be what we're going to get. I'm completely okay with that. Like, it's, um, it falls a little bit into the theories that I've had, and I'm sure I've said on the podcast a few times that, like, they've clearly set up Smash Bros and, to a lesser extent, Mario Kart as a platform that they can keep extending on and sort of push to new platforms and just keep without having to start from scratch again. And I would way prefer, like, Mario Kart 8 plus more than Mario Kart 9 with half the tracks from 8 and then a smattering of uh, tracks from other ones. Like, just, I don't know, you've made 8, build on that rather than throwing it in the bin and starting again, I think. Can I can I throw something else into that? Do you think... So, so do you think Mario Kart would be a launch title? And going one step beyond, do you think it could be the packing game? 
I don't know about a pack-in game, but I do think it. It. I wouldn't surprise me if it was a launch title. Like that would, like Mario Kart is the game that everyone <laughs> likes. It kind of made yeah, me play Mario U again a whole lot, and I would <laughs> so love that reason, on the Switch. I mean, I, I just think Mario Kart would be a. It's. It shows off the capabilities of, of what the Switch can do, because I think a big big pushing point for it's going to be, um, hey, this is a system you can just... You can play with friends, but, you know, it comes with the two controllers, and if you're just over at a friend's place, or you like bloody Karen, and... Like, <laughs> Damn <so> it, Karen. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. <laughs> I saw people dressing up as Karen for Halloween, and it was great. <laughs> But yes, so, if you I mean, want to you know, be like Karen, you can bring it to parties and play Mario Kart. But I mean, look, look, look at me. I, I, um, I take my 3DS to work with me. I play it on the train and, you know, I play it on my breaks. And then like, hey, one of my friends says, hey, what's that? You got the Switch. I'm like, would you like to play a game of Mario Kart? And then I could just like click them off and then thing. I don't know. I just think it makes sense for that to be a pack-in. And it's bloody Mario Kart. It will guarantee that that thing will fly off the shelves if it comes packed in with... I, I, I would argue Mario Kart's a bigger seller than the mainline Mario series at this point. I think, um, like, weird anecdote for today. I went to a friend's place and she had Rhythm Heaven, the new one, and I don't, and we wanted to play multiplayer, so I just did download play. But I, I still needed a 3DS, and she had to have a 3DS in the game. The Switch, the way that you can do what you just described, Daniel, is kind of like, in a way, a uh, spiritual successor to that concept. Mario just pick Party up does play. that as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, that's also got the thing where you can download the whole game, but you can only play it if you're connected to someone who owns oh, the cartridge. Or that's the awesome. Game or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think I don't know if it would be a pack-in game. Like, if there is going to be a pack-in game, that would make sense. I just don't know if they need a pack-in game. But I don't know. It, 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 I do agree with sort of your idea that it would be a good demo of how easy it is to get in-person multiplayer going, being able to. Instead of having to go like four player split screen and halve the frame rate, or gosh, like in Hyrule Warriors, like cut the frame rate in like thirds and like lower enemy spawn rates and stuff, like everyone having their own full power console that can connect to each other as easy as you can on a 3DS, assumedly, like that could be a really cool thing. And I hope that that's what they actually end up doing. Well, I mean, I just saw, I saw a big focus in that trailer to. Like the whole, the bit with the 2K um, basketball stuff, and then the Mario Kart on the bus is like on, on the cut, yeah, on the van. Um, yeah, lots yeah. of, hey, this is great for just playing local with, mm. with friends. And I think that's always been Nintendo's biggest strong point is local multiplayer games. Well, at least in CN64. It used to call it, you know, couch co op or couch party yeah. play, but now it's not couch. It's yeah, it's bloody it's bloody in the park. Rooftop party. Yeah, <laughs> party crashes. I think um, I something that. That else Poor that Karen. came up around sort of the same topic was that I'm pretty sure it was Game Explained did that interview with one of the people from the trailer, like one, one of, of the, the actors. actors. Yeah. Yeah. And they mentioned that the the consoles in the trailer, they were just sort of dummy consoles with no video running on the screen, which is apparently pretty standard in any sort of product advertising because uh, LCDs are really hard to film. But, like, it's it's interesting because I noticed some people... I didn't notice it personally, but a few people pointed out to me that the Zelda footage looked like it was running at a, like, crummy frame rate when it was away from the dock. So I guess 
maybe this indicates that that's not actually how it's going to be. It might not be as bad as it looks in the trailer, apparently. Well, that would seem to imply that the dock has some sort of additional processing power, which is apparently not the case at all. So there would be no reason <laughs> yeah. for it to... Well, I, I did think power. about that because, like, yeah, I did see, like, NVIDIA confirm that... I think it was NVIDIA anyway. They, someone confirmed that there was no separate, like, chip when you plug it in or anything like that. But it also wouldn't surprise me if they were able to boost the power or boost the clock speed of the chip inside the Switch while it has AC power because I guess you don't have to worry about running down the battery really fast if it's connected to a power source. So maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I guess we it's have to wait. just a theory. A game, game theory. theory. <laughs> Thanks for watching. <laughs> no, um, don't go. We're not yeah. done yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Um, but, yeah, I guess probably to finish up on this little tidbit, I find it kind of funny that you can pre-order all of those games that has been specifically said they don't exist. It's it's fine, but it's kind of funny. Just like Project Giant Robot. Yes. Oh, if that's a Switch launch game... I guess we'll find out on January 13. What's happening January 13? Well, apparently <laughs> we're getting a whole pile more of Switch info, which I'm sure Vuk is very happy about because he doesn't have to stay up every single night in case NX stuff gets announced. Um, yeah, on January 12 in the US, it's January Stephen. 13 here, yes. Stephen, mm-hmm. it's not called NX anymore, it's called Switch. Oh, gosh dang, it is. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> apparently that's information evening presentation, whatever it's going to be, uh, will show firstly the actual launch date. So we've got March 2017, but it'll show the actual date with any luck, um, and price information, which I'm really, really keen to find out to, yeah, I want to know what, how much it costs to kind of get a gauge of how powerful and you know how, how expensive the entire package is going to be. Um, and apparently some indication of the actual launch game lineup as well. So we'll know. Basically, it's the day when it's okay to start pre-ordering and you know what it actually is. Yay. Nintendo Yay. being transparent about the Switch. Yeah. Who, oh, who thought we'd ever goodness. see that? Not me. Cool. Anything more to add on that little... End part. Any more Switch stuff before we get on to another topic of uh, the agenda? Switch it up to something else. Sorry. I get well, it. I guess yeah. I guess that's a sign to switch to Pokemon. Yeah. Thank you. I stole your pun. Um, did anyone want to take the lead on this one? Because I've talked a lot today. I usually do the Pokemon stuff, don't I? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Pokemon Troy is um, We know <laughs> all of the final evolutions of the new starter Pokemon, and they're all fighting fire type. Uh, no, well, one of them um, looks like it, but they're not. Like, I mean, yeah, go go through them, and then we'll have a chat. So, first one I think is Decidui, which is yeah, the, um, the grass it. starter. Yeah, it's like deciduous tree because it's a grass type and but local an or indigenous deciduous to the deciduous. Place. Yes, and it's also ghost type. Um. Yeah, that, apparently that's new for a starter. I was reading the other day. It is based on like a, a Hawaiian owl that went extinct, which is why it's ghost type. Yeah, I read that the other day too. And that's if that's actually where the inspiration come from. That is really cool it's and pretty deep. Kind of yeah, like oh, I really like that. Even if it's not actually that, I'm going to imagine in my own head canon that that's why this thing is a ghost owl. It's a really cool idea. It's like that thing where you, you memorize all the uh, type matchups over random things. Yeah. Like, water's good against ground because the ground will get 
wet and then it's <laughs> and it apart soaks and, up water. Yeah. Right. Oh no. <laughs> and now it's mud. Um, oh no. So yeah, and I think it's also got some archer vibes to it. Mm, like it's got the the hood, like the typical rogue sort of getup. Yeah, it's a little Robin Hoodie. Um, next, I think it looks a bit ninjury. I mean, I'm not sort of. Yeah, I can see that. We already had. It looks like it could a... swoop between tree branches if it wanted to. We already had a ninja frog. I don't want another ninja <laughs> thing. Yeah, true. Um, but in terms of ludicrous, we have Incineroar, which I really don't like that name, to be honest. <laughs> it, it just doesn't look like a Pokemon name. Um, yeah. It's the fire starter, but it's dark type. Now, what's really weird here is that it's got a sort of wrestling luchador-ish type design to yes, it, which would it's mean got that like it's the weak. flaming well, belt. It's, it's, it would be it's weak. To luch- f- I mean, it's still wrestling. I'm sorry, uh, as someone who's is a wrestling fan, that's not luchador. No. I mean, it's got a re- it's got a <sighs> belt, but it's point not- being, it's a wrestling esque design, yes. but it's going to be weak to fighting. But actually, that does make Pol- sense. Oh, lucha! Oi, oi, oi! Shots fired. I'm, I'm out. Um, um, Holucha is a wrestling sort of thing. I mean, it, it's yeah, but it's dark belt, type, so it's going to be weak to fighting type. Yeah, I know, I know, because it's an evil cat. Cats are bastards. <laughs> but so, it's a wrestler, you know, of course. Which and? is a type of fighting, and it's going to be weak to fighting anyway. Maybe um, it'll have like a WWE <laughs> backstory, and it'll be that's why it's dark because it has a dark past. It's the Undertaker cat. Yes. Wow. <laughs> okay, you've mentioned a wrestler. Okay, I'm impressed. <laughs> And it is the Hardy Boys played, of Cats. You played a lot of No Mercy back in the day, I take it. Smackdown. Okay. <laughs> anyway, continue, Troy. <laughs> uh, and then the last one is Primarina? Primarina? I don't know yet. Um, it's actually kind of clever because it's like a ballerina and also Marina is in there. I like that pun. <gasps> oh, I didn't actually get that until now. I, that's neither cool. did I. <laughs> until I said it. <laughs> um, Saying things out loud. So that's your water starter, which is now water fairy type. I think this is the first time Fairy's been in a starter-type matchup type thing. I mean, it's not had many chances, but here it is, and it's kind of got like a mermaid feel to it. Yeah, like a mermaidy tail and like a Darfish swishy hair. hair. Yeah, it, I really like it. Like, it's... I was not really big on... I can't even remember Poplio. the names of the... Yeah, Poplio and the second one. Um but it's straight up like that, be careful who you call ugly in middle school meme, <laughs> yeah. because I love the final evolution. <laughs> like, I I don't know, I was kind of all in on Rowlet to start with, but I kind of like Pop, um, yeah, Poplio's final evolution enough that I think that might be the one I go with. I think I still want to start with the, um, the cat, because I'm a cat person, so. I'm still down with Rowlet, because ours are adorable. But us, we all picked different sides. Yeah. We did not rehearse that. We did, didn't even plan that, also. <laughs> <laughs> let's fight. No, when it comes out, let's. We can do it in the Discord, and all have fights there. Well, actually, while we're in the topic of that, uh, we are speaking of doing some sort of tournament thing uh, in the Discord, but we'll get into that a bit later. Uh, little bits and wise. pieces, more Alolan forms that were leaked recently, like Garfield Persian. Yeah, I saw people talking about Garfield Persian, and I hadn't seen it until, like, yesterday. They're so right. That is just a big old fat Garfield cat. I 
kind of like it. Yeah, I kind of like it too because it reminds me of my cat. And what <laughs> else is there? There was the the Guardian ones of all the different islands. We had we knew one of them, and now we got the other three, and they got special Z moves as well. But yeah, Alolan Persian Cosmog is one of them. Apparently, it's got have... some sort of connection to Lu Lunala. I can't remember the name. The bat, the moon mascot. Oh, right, right. And yeah, those guardian deities that you were talking about, they, I hope I don't just massacre these pronunciations. Tapu Lele, Tapu Bulu, and Tapu Fini are the island guardians of Alola. Yeah, they all got like an interesting typing as well. Um, Let's see, what are they? Can't remember off the top of my head for the life of me, but one of them was water (laughs) something, one of them was electric something. Cool. Yeah, because <laughs> so, I guess they are the, the legendaries of this generation. It's it's another cool thing. I said it before, but I really like how all in they're going on the Hawaiian influences on a lot of the elements of this game. It's really cool. It gives the game an interesting flavor. Yeah, no, I'm, I went from kind of mild interest in these games because I was getting tired of the Pokemon formula. And the more information I read about this, the more excited I get. So, Yeah, I'm exactly the same. Um, well, yeah, I guess, I guess that's Pokemon. Um, the final part, you can come back now, Daniel. Um, we've got Hi. some things to say about Monster Hunter 1010. 1010. It's 10. actually pronounced, <laughs> I'll have you know, Monster Hunter Double Cross! No, it's, it's cross Cross. And, yes, yeah, Cross Cross. Monster, Monster Hunter, Hunter Cross Monster Hunter. Double X. And then the next one will be Monster Hunter Triple X, but... That. Just we, we don't, don't, we don't go exclusive. there. Yeah, double cross. <laughs> a, but then we get to four X Gold Monster, Monster Hunter. <laughs> Monster Hunter the porn. Monster Hunter the porn parody. I was thinking the beer. Yeah, four four X Gold. Perfect for when you're hunting monsters. But yes, what's what's happening with Monster Hunter? Please tell us. So so there was a mini direct last week. Um, got a lot of people's hopes up. It was like, ooh, is this about a new game for the Switch? Is this something for the Switch? And then. It, Nintendo was like, no, it's only on Monster Hunter for the 3DS, so just so just keep your expectations. Your yes. Um, so yeah, Monster Hunter Double Cross was announced for the 3DS. Um, it's basically like the ultimate version of Monster Hunter, Gen- um, we, we call it Monster Hunter Generations. Um, it, so it carries over a lot of what was in that game and expands upon it. Um, it's got Two new fighting styles, one of which was Brave, which seems to be focused more on um, being aggressive and attacking. I um, thought you said Rave, where you just, like, put on brightly coloured pants and take drugs. Well, I mean, some of those clothes they wear, and it could could easily be raving. How else do you come up with the <laughs> idea of a switch switch axe? Um, <laughs> I want to... Is the sw- switch axe is the one that's, like, it's a sword and shield, and then it's a big axe, or is that a different one? Uh... I don't know. I always use hammers because the, hammers. There's a lot of different weapons. Because when you have a nail, a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah. I just <laughs> I, I just use a long sword at the moment because I find that's good with aerial style. Um, and then so yeah, the brave style is more focused on being aggressive. There was another one that was sort of teased at, but wasn't um, announced what it is. So I'm not gonna. I haven't watched the trailer myself, so I'm not gonna. Oh, no, I have actually. Um, <laughs> Get your facts and, straight, and, man. 
<laughs> and as of everything else, every other Monster Hunter game, there's a bunch of new monsters shown off. I'm sort of very new to the series. Like, Generations was the first one I fully got into. So I don't really know what was new and what wasn't. I just saw, oh, that's a, that's a dragon with like a cat's head and that's a dragon with like rocket wings and, and stuff. So, um, but you know, it looks really cool. And I am down for it, especially after how much I enjoy Generations. Um, and now, here's the sort of interesting tidbit. The release date for it was announced as March 18th. Now, the Switch is going to be coming out in March, and I can't see this releasing after the Switch has come out. But also, I can't really see it coming out like a week or so before the Switch, so... Maybe it's going to be a Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate situation in Japan where this comes out for both 3DS and the Switch. Yeah, I was thinking that might be like the whole... Because 3 Ultimate was a 3DS and Wii U one, yeah? Yes. yes. Yeah, that that would be a cool idea. Like, I don't know if they would do like the... Did they have cross multiplayer on that as well? I can't remember. No, it's like it was... transfer your saves. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that would be kind of cool oh, if, sure if this could, is a, a sure Switch could, game. Could, yeah, and I mean, again, if Nintendo can lock up Monster Hunter as a launch title for the Switch, they've won Japan. Yeah, like, hell yeah. There's Monster Hunter and Splatoon, that's all you need. Yeah. And sort of the way that the Switch has been shown off with like um, co-op and, and local co-op, that works perfect for Monster Hunter, especially in Japan. It's like, well, just take your system out and go to your local spot with your friends and then you can just play away. At it. And then for Westerners who prefer to play stuff on a big TV, oh, just, you know, check in your dock and play online. And Yeah, literally you know, it solves, like, that problem that I have with Monster Hunter at the moment is that I'm not playing it on a weird, tiny little low-res screen, which I've aired my grievances about before. It, yeah, it'll be nice to have, even portably, it'll be a nice big screen to see the scale of these monsters and they don't kind of look compromised by how low-resolution the screen is. Still won't be as good as on the 3DS because you won't... Have everything, all your menus and items nice and neatly on the bottom screen and your top screen is just gloriously clear of all HUD stuff and just this open I think open in, in 30 years you should have like a self uh, autobiography called Daniel Worthington, the everything is on the bottom screen story. <laughs> you know, look, 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 doing touching is good and, you know, you, I sort of notice a lot of stuff with the way that the games take advantage of the second screen and hmm. like the most recent episode something like um Little Red Riding Hood Zombie Barbecue is just the whole game field is just across both screens but then you've got stuff like sometimes it's just nice to have the main screen is just for where, where all your action happens and then the second screen is you know it's your menus it's your maps it's your sort of like radar and or various other things to just sort of keep that out of the way of of your main gameplay and, Switch and screen will like be big enough. It'll be big enough that I don't mind that stuff maybe, being on the side. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Different but, strokes for different folks. But yeah, so that's Monster Hunter. It, it's a new one. Japan will go mental over it. The West, although the, the, you know, Monster Hunter Generations actually sold quite well. I think it. I, I don't know if I was right, but it may have been the top selling single format game in July in the MPDs. Yeah. Nice. So, the series is definitely on the rise. It's taken a while for it to click, but I think now they're at the point where it, it's finally a big marquee franchise in the West. 
And, and now, especially on the 3DS, which is like an old system that doesn't get as much attention as it should. And now we're at the point where we're going to take a quick break and come back with all the games we've been playing. All right. Hello, we're back. Um, so, we've been playing games this week, Fortnite time. Um, I will start with what I've been playing, and which has surprised me to no end at how much I've been enjoying it. Um, Paper Mario Color Splash. Uh, I'd sort of put off getting into it because I was working on a review for SteamWorld Heist, which is up on the site now, or should be very soon. Um, but yeah, Paper Mario Color Splash, I was sort of had very low expectations as I was going into it. A lot of people had derided it from its early sort of E3 presentation. I think people didn't like it mainly because it wasn't at that time NX information and that's what we were all thirsty for. So it kind of was disappointing in that regard. And then as we saw more of it, we saw the battle system, which is cards, which reminds us of Sticker Star, which is, I mean, people have their opinions on it, but it's not the thousand year door that people wanted. Um, it's a perfectly fine game. It's just not what people wanted. But I mean, yeah, I'm kind of in that opinion with Color Splash. I, I'll start by saying the fighting system is kind of tedious, especially to start with. Like you, you get into a fight, you have a deck of cards, you have to swipe through them on the screen, choose the ones you want, put them up onto a little, uh, I guess a play field, tap them again to start painting them to increase their power then confirm that you've painted them and then swipe them up to the screen to actually use them. So for just basic fights, it started off being super tedious, but um, like as the game went on and I found out that it has alternative control methods, so you can do it with buttons instead of the touch screen. I don't mind it at all anymore. Like the battles aren't a highlight, but they very rarely are unless it's like a boss fight or something in most RPGs. Like I find it, as interesting, I guess, as just mashing the A button to do basic attacks and grind on basic enemies. It's, you know, it's no less interesting than that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I grew to kind of enjoy the fight system. Like you, you have a couple of different types of attacks. You have jumps, you have hammer attacks, you have multi jumps, multi hammer attacks. You can get cards of enemies that you can have sort of as temporary allies that will attack on your behalf. Um, but yeah, the, the battle system, it's, it's not a highlight, but it's, it's there. But everything else about the game, I am just straight up in love with. Like, the the writing especially is... I, I find myself laughing almost every second line of dialogue. I'm just either, like, giggling to myself or just... I, I just want to take a screenshot and send it to friends every time they say something funny. Because, like, this... Guys, you have to see the funny thing that just happened. I don't, because that would be a horrible spoilery thing for me to do. But, yeah, I'm genuinely really, really enjoying just... The way the characters are, the just they make weird sort of commentary on real life things very subtly, mm. which is kind of cute of them. It the was like, look amazing. Oh, holy, holy crap! The graphics are incredible. Like, it sort of takes the the idea of what Tearaway started with, literally every everything being made out of paper and cardboard, but sort of has a much more bright and colourful sort of colour palette in comparison. I guess Tearaway felt a little bit muted in, in comparison. 
But man, like you see, even little stuff like on the map screen, you defeat a like the the game split up into different courses as it says and you finish one it unlocks a path to a new one and the path that comes out of the course where you're in on the map it's made of like shiny um yeah like shiny paper that sort of folds around the map and goes to the next area literally everything's made out of yeah out of some sort of papery cardboardy material and it's it's gorgeous like but i've also seen some of the backdrops are like real life like a kitchen for instance Mm, like everything like your stuff will be hanging as though you're like walking around a big diorama and stuff like that. It's it's. Oh, I love how how all in they've gone on the concept of paper. Like Nintendo in previous... have the arts and craft art style down since yeah. Yoshi's story, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. That that's a good point. Yeah, they've sort of taken that idea of having stuff made out of real life material and yeah, applied it here. It's it's so good. It's so damn pretty, and the like and the music as well. Like I'm just. I'm just on a rambling, happy, just screaming time at the moment, but the music is incredible. Um, like it's, it's kind of like the, the big band sort of stuff that we heard in Mario Kart 8, except you know, more tracks, more, more, they'll have like kind of remixes of familiar tunes and new tunes for new areas and stuff, but so, it's just so cool. Like really jazzy, well, I mean, got like big, big horns. Sticker, it's did, so cool. Did, did you play Sticker Star? I played a bit of Sicker Star. I I didn't finish it. I kind of dropped it after a little while, to my shame. But because I mean, Sticker Star was a lot like that as well. Like where um, it was very had this good sort of jazzy feel to it. Hmm. Yeah, it probably did. Um, it's it's been a while since I played it, and I kind of now that I'm playing this, and I realise that the battle system in this is not as big a deal as I thought it would be. I feel like maybe I should go back to Sticker Star and give it another chance. I think the big problem with Sticker Star is people wanted Paper Mario Thousand Year Door 2. And mm. it is not that. It is, I mean, the way I look at it is it's basically an adventure game, almost like a Monkey Island style, just puzzle solving. Well, no, it, it's probably actually, it's more like a Zelda style adventure game. Each area you go to is basically a dungeon that you need to problem solve your way through. Um, the battles are just sort of there. I mean, the, the battles are annoying. That they're there just to sort of break up the monotony of. Well, I don't, don't want to say monotony, but just to break up the exploration of of the stages, um, to give you some sort of sense of peril, I guess. Um, yeah, I think sort of that description is fairly apt for Sticker Star as well. Like you, it's split up into different courses splash. that you can go back and forth between at will, and like you'll find something in one area that is relevant to a place where you were. Like you'll find the the coloured toad rescue squad who are like, oh no, we, our friends have gone missing, and it's just like not an immediate thing that you have to do, but sometimes you'll find them in special areas of other levels, and you find them, it sends them back to their leader, and when you've got them all there, they'll like scale a cliff to open up a new path in a previous level. It's a lot of I guess, yeah, that adventure game comparison is quite, yeah, quite relevant. It's, you're solving, it's more about problem solving and like exploring the area rather than an RPG with character development or anything like that. That's really a, I don't know, kind of a yeah. holdover from Paper Mario rather than the focal point. And, and I mean, I think that this is the way the Mario, Mario role-playing games are like now is whereas the Mario and Luigi games, that's your role-playing experience, that's your proper sort of, you got levels, there's grinding, there's like stats and all of that. Whereas Paper Mario, it's more about the exploration, the how can we use the, the paper mechanics in interesting and fun ways. And um, I so think, I mean, whereas, 
Like the one new papery mechanic that they bring in, it doesn't have as much as before. Like you don't fall up into a paper plane or anything like that. But the one one new thing that they've added, which I'm kind of in two minds about whether I like it or not, is a I think it's called like the cutout mode. Um, basically, you can get to certain points where you'll see like straight lines in in the background, and you can press Y, and it will sort of you'll pull out of the the world and go into like a third dimension. I think it describes it as, and you sit on your little paint can friend and you can, this giant mystical pair of scissors comes and cuts the level into different pieces. So you can walk across previously inaccessible paths. It's, it's a neat idea. I feel like it seems a bit arbitrary when you can use it. Like I've never found it seemed to make sense wherever it was actually needed to be used. It was either, hinted at like, oh, that looks like a straight place. I wonder what would happen if someone were to cut it. Or like, I just get to a dead end where I was like, I don't know how I would get to that place. There doesn't seem to be any obvious path. Maybe if I press Y, a thing will happen. And it does. It it doesn't seem terribly well designed to make it obvious when you can and can't use it. But I mean, it, it's it's fine. It's not a not an issue. It's just more a, a you know, I don't really enjoy that as much as it's just a functional thing to get to the next area. That was a problem with Sticker Star and that, like, some of the, you know, you'd get the things, I think that's what they were called, where they were just like, here's a sponge that you can turn into a sticker or whatever, and mm. you'd have to randomly use that that in a boss fight, and sometimes you wouldn't know that that's what you had to do to, pro- to proceed without just randomly trying it. So there was a lot of trial and error and like to the game's detriment, but outside of that, it, you know... Was perfectly fine and enjoyable. Yeah, this has the things as well, like the like the first thing that you find is a giant fan that's blowing the level away, and yep. you can. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Like I think there's one boss that I'm up to at the moment that you just gave me an idea of how to defeat. It probably has to do with a recent thing that I found. So that's nice. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. But yeah, and no, I've just had a complete 180 on how I thought I would like this game. Like I thought it would just be. Uh, I kind of have to play it for review, and it might be okay but yeah i genuinely um i've played it to the point where i have had my wii u gamepad run out of battery before i've been finished playing and i had to randomly scramble to find the the cable unplug it from the dock so i could keep playing i haven't done that with a wii u game for a very long time and it's a good feeling yeah, when I, that happens isn't it yeah it's like man i've played this game for long enough that i've ran the battery down hooray this is a good game <laughs> is, is is it a good last hurrah for the wii u um, oh, I didn't even think about that, but it is kind of a last hurrah for the Wii U. It's, yeah, I really like it. It's, it's pretty. It's incredible with the music. The battle system is fine once you get, once you've worked out that you can use buttons, it becomes a lot less tedious. Like when I was using the touch screen, it was just like, oh, do I really have to tap this and swipe that and throw this? It just, it was infuriating. But when I found that there is a button version, it's, it's easy. You don't even have it's to. It's so bother. weird. Like, like I, I, I would have no problem. You know, I actually don't like using the gamepad, um, because a lot of the games I play, it's like I really could just be using the pro controller, but you're forcing me to use this kind of unwieldy big controller. Um, whereas, you, and you know, like that, having to flick the cards or whatever, like, I'd be fine doing that on a DS because that's a bit more immediate. It's closer. It's mm. together. But on the Wii U, it's like. This just feels like you're trying to make a reason for the gamepad to exist. Yeah, it definitely felt a little bit like that to start with. Like, 
do could I really not just select these from a menu? But they do a, a few kind of neat things. Like I hope it's not too spoilery, but you find a certain point where sometimes battles will be interrupted by a Kamek or Magic Cooper, whatever the name is now, yeah. um, and like will come down onto the bottom screen and just goof around with all of your cards. Either like hide them so you can't see what they are, or turn them all into basic jump cards, or <laughs> just basically do weird curses to you and. I know it's kind of cool. It just like flies down from the main screen onto my gamepad and talks to me from that speaker instead of on the TV. It's it's it does a couple of things to justify it being on a second screen, and I guess it's probably easier to shuffle through a deck of cards down there than have it weirdly in the way on the top screen. Kind of as you Having say, it in it's, your hands probably makes it feel a bit more like a personal attack as well. Yeah, a little bit actually. Like to start with, like when you actually flick it up, or even when you use buttons, when you flick stuff up instead of having to touch it and flick it, you can still like press up on the D pad or the analog stick. It still feels like you're sort of throwing things in the direction of the TV. It's just less tedious without being, without having to change modes from being holding a controller to getting out the stylus and doing it that way. Just being able to stay in the same controller context makes it much nicer. Um, but yeah, I think that's about all I have to say about it. It's, it's really good. I think it's worth worth a try. Um, it sounds like one of my reviews. It's a it's a good game. It it does what it does well. I think yeah. Just good. don't go into it expecting it to be Paper Mario or the Thousand Year Door. Go into it expecting it to be a a cool sort of adventure game with a okay battle system that might grow on you. It might not. I've ended up enjoying it, but I can't say it's going to be the same for everyone. Um, it's yeah. It's so funny that that what people think of as Paper Mario is now the minority of what the Paper Mario yeah. series is. Paper Mario it's hasn't like, been five that for pa- a while. There's five Paper Mario games, and only two of them are like that basic RPG that you want. Whereas everything else is like different and bizarre. So yeah, give it a try. If you don't like it, you can return it at some retailers. So I guess that's a thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's it for that. But apparently Troy has been playing Mario Party Star. So take it away, Troy. Star Rush. That's my segue. <laughs> um, yeah, I only got today. I got it because I'm going to be driving down from Canberra to Melbourne for PAX. And I wanted to play in the car and in the hotel with my friend. Um, and I started playing today to Maybe unlock Steven, stuff. Maybe Stephen, if you guys meet up. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Hang out in the handheld lounge and play Mario Party. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Old hands. So, cool. I Th- went in with no you. expectations. Mario Party's kind of turned into this weird... Nintendo just, like, dumbing it down more and more and more until it, it gets to a point where it annoys all the original fans. Yeah. Kind of like one, Paper Mario. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas this one just feels like it's uh, actually a whole fresh direction. There's no group car or anything. The main mode is Toad Scramble. And the only game that I can really compare it to is Fire Emblem, of all things. That's an interesting comparison. I, <laughs> I really look forward to you going into that. <laughs> so it's like a strategy game. So you, you, you had my interest and now... Oh, how does it... Feel? You had my curiosity and... Now, now you, you have my interest. interest. I think that that's the order. I need to watch that again. It's a good movie. Um... I love it when Brad Pitt plays a racist asshole. Uh, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. Gosh. Oh, Brad Pitt's in Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Yeah, that's from... Anyway. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Paper Mario, the most un-racist and not horrible Mario game ever. Mario Party, Stephen. Get it right. Oh, wait. Whoops. Oh, I should oh. stop talking. Please tell me why it's God. like why it's like Fire Emblem. 
So it's, tell me why Mario and Luigi party game cart is good. <laughs> Tennis. Yes. <laughs> Golf rush. Um, <laughs> so, so it's basically top down. It's not a, a board game where it's like the linear paths or anything. It's a pure grid. And the okay. grids have different shapes and everything. Everybody rolls and moves at the exact same time. Yeah, I did see that in the like the early trailers and stuff. I'm keen to hear what do you think that works well? Is it sort of shake up the formula a bit? Uh, streamlines it because handheld gaming, like Nintendo, have always said this: they want handheld games to not last forever. They want like quick bursts, and Toad Scramble is definitely all about that. Yeah, um, I can't imagine sitting on the 3DS for like the 90 minutes to two hours it takes the average sort of old style Mario Party game to finish. Like. There are modes kind of that kind bored. of have that philosophy to them, but Toad Scramble is just a quick... Toad Scramble? What happens there? So, yeah, everybody moves... Everyone's a toad. Okay. And you pick up Mario characters as allies, so Mario, Luigi, Yoshi, etc. And they join your party. And for every party member that you have, they also roll a dice. Or they have special dice, like Daisy will have three, four, five... And then three blank spots, which will be the number in your party. So if you have four people in your party, you'll have three sides that have four on them. Um, okay. This is an example. They so all I have guess different it's a dice. little bit, a little strategic as to who you recruit. Like, do you have choice in which characters you get? Yeah. Um, as long as okay. they're close enough to you, you have to be the first person to get to them. There's no double ups or anything. Ah, righto. So, I guess, yeah, you sort of prioritise where you go and that's part of your strategic direction of the game. Yeah. And then when you have a full party of five, uh, you get, like, five dice rolls in the same turn, which is awesome. But there are boss battles, like, you know how boss battles are a thing in Mario Party now? Yeah, yeah. Where everyone's involved and there's checkpoints and the boss's health. What I didn't realise, it's... If you've got five people in your party, all five of them are present for the boss battle on top of everybody else's party. Oh, okay. Wow. So I had like that's, 10 that's people, get complex. 10 characters running around. They're all CPU characters. And, and that's me. just in a two-player match. Oh, it's a single player. That was just oh, me. Oh, wow. With three <laughs> That's going to get ridiculous if you have like four people with their own teams. I know, right? Um... <laughs> Did anyone? Did you guys play the um on Mario uh, Smash Brothers on the Wii U? Once the the board the board game mode. Yeah, it it does kind of because in that you are collecting um characters to use. Yeah, it, it does resemble that a tiny bit. Uh, in that you know you go over a space with that character on it and then you recruit them. But um, they they're used in different ways, and that's just like the one game mode. There's dozens more. Coinathlon, which I've only done the one of. It gives you a whole bunch of mini-games that involve collecting coins. And there's the linear board, but there's no turns. It's just there's a certain amount of spaces on the lap, and you have to do three laps. And you go for the amount of spaces of coins that you collect. So if you collect 20 coins in a couple of seconds, you'll move 20 spaces forward. So it's literally a race. Mm. You see the characters oh, oh. running around the board as you collect coins in real time. Okay, I guess that makes the name Coinathlon actually make some sense. It, it was, I, I, it was like pinball where you're shooting um, Cooper shells up and collecting coins. Okay, 
And for every coin you get, you move forward a space, and they're literally just running around because you're collecting so many. It was just, I was not expecting it. It was actually really fun. Huh. Neato. Um, I'm cool. interested in picking it up once it comes out. In, I mean, it hasn't come out in the US yet, so I'm still... Yeah. Poor you. Well, worth mentioning as well is that you only need one friend to own a copy. You can download the guest party version, which is the full game. Yeah. You, you still make progress. You still unlock characters and modes and stuff in that version. You just can't play it unless it's connected to somebody with the full game. So on that, is that something that you download from the eShop ahead of time, or is yeah. that something you download from, like, Download Play? Download Play gives you three out of the six multiplayer modes, whereas the party guest version will give you all six, and it will track your progress. Okay. Well, everybody listening, download that before PAX if you're going to go to the handheld lounge, because that would make the handheld lounge a lot of fun. Yeah, find me in the Vox shirt, and I'll play it with you. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's, that's all I've really got up to today with that. Uh, only played about two hours of it. There's a balloon rush mode, which kind of resembles the amiibo boards in Mario Party 10, so it's a little uh, boring. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it might be it tedious. It was 20 turns, and it will just arbitrarily give you boss rounds, and it was like six uh, boss rounds stop. in it. And I, I just... Oh. I did it for the experience, because you level up to unlock things like new game modes and characters. Ah, yeah. So I got to that. <laughs> Well, I guess you can't have all the good game modes. No. <laughs> no well, um, yeah, I'm kind of happy that you can play with only one person having it, because I, I can't remember how the DS and GBA ones worked, but I, I seem to remember the GBA play. one kind of being limited. Is it, is it one of them, like, single player only? Yeah, one of them was. But, um, yeah. Because, I, yes, I, that's what you would do with Mario Party. It's a party <laughs> for one! Yeah. Ooh. It's a party, it's a party for Karen. <laughs> I was just about to say, party for Karen. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I'm keen to give this a go, and I'm glad that I don't have to buy it to give it a go. It'll be a fun thing to do. Yeah, we'll get a party of four, and we're all destroy friendships. Hooray! What about a party of five? Uh, well, that's too many. <laughs> Nintendo don't know the meaning of, that, that's of five. Old TV unless it's I made a frogs. reference earlier on, Daniel, you non-listener man. Sorry, I'm tired of... <laughs> I was editing a video at 5.30am this morning. Which we'll talk about when we finish up the podcast a little bit. Um, but yeah, I guess that will cover the, the games that we've been playing for the last couple of weeks. So we'll take another quick break and come back to wrap it all up tighter than a burrito from Guzman and Gomez. Hello, we're back to finish off the whole thingamabob. Um, so I'll just quickly cover what's been going on on the site. It's lots of news. That's what's been going on on the site. Um, there's my review for SteamWorld Heist will be going up very soon. So if you're keen for my opinions beyond what I said on the podcast last fortnight, that's something that's going up. Um, I guess, yeah, the other, well, one of the other major things that's been going on was the, uh, Vooks Games Night on the Discord the other day, and I'll pass over to Troy to give us a bit of a recap, because that was awesome. Yeah, so we had our first Games Night on the Vooks Discord. <laughs> um, Yay. I set up a, uh, Mario Kart 8 tournament, had people join 
between certain times on Saturday night, I believe I had it. Yes. And uh, we had 19 people place. I think we had more people playing and this didn't do the full eight races. Um, yeah, I think people have fun with it. I had fun I with had it. a lot of fun with it. Yeah, to speak, only to speak for myself, but that was great fun. Like I was able to jump into the voice channel and just, you know, just generally talking to people while playing Mario Kart is not a thing that I've been able to do for a very long time, apart from obviously in person. But that was, yeah, just cool to talk with other people that are, you know, they know shit about games and talking stuff about how much we enjoyed Triforce Heroes and talking about how the Switch might make stuff like Hyrule Warriors better. But yeah, it was just a fun, it was a fun night just of chatting with people and playing Mario Kart kind of as a, a social background thing. It was really cool. Yeah, so remember, definitely rem- join. Remember the old days of playing Mario Kart DS and all being in like a MSN chat group and yeah. trying to say, I can't see you. Can you see me? No, I can't see you. Can, can I, I can see you now. And, and- yeah, that's gone. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. yeah. I'd argue that this is a little bit better. But yeah, but yeah. Um, that was a learning experience as well. So I know how to really set up the tournament for next time. And people are keen for the next one. I put up a poll, Mario Kart 1. Second place was Splatoon, so that'll be the next uh, gaming night. Uh, that'll be on the, the weekend after PAX. So 12th of November. It'll be a tournament. Sign up now. Hopefully I'll have the, should I, the form up. Sh- should I hold my breath for a um, Resident Evil Mercenaries night? Well... As a semi-serious answer, I do want to set up nights where people can try and find people who are playing less popular games. So, like, uh, your Triforce Heroes and your Metroid Prime Federation Force. You know, games that you- to finish co-op and just... Yeah. Just the kind of stuff that you want to play with friends, but you don't have the friends that are sort of wanting to play it with you, I guess. Exactly. Was that third-person shooter that came out on the 3DS? Um, Iron Fall? <sighs> yeah, Iron Fall. Yeah. yeah. If you really want to play that, join the Vox Discord <laughs> and ask around. <laughs> Who knows? Um, <laughs> Project Treasure or whatever that came out as, Lost Reavers, I think it was. Gosh, oh, gosh. my God, I forgot all about that. Right. If you, for some reason, want to play that, you might find another Lost Soul in the Discord who will play it with you. <laughs> Maybe we should yeah. all just play and it for a, a laugh. <laughs> it's a free game, for Christ's sake. It's like... Uh, so, yeah, Splatoon is the next one. Game. I'm thinking of doing Smash Brothers the next weekend, but that's also Pokemon weekend. At the very Ooh, least, I think... That's the- exciting. Probably the 26th of November, I might do like a small Pokemon tournament in Sun and Moon. We'll see what the options are in game and gauge popularity of it all. No, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> so many words. Um, yeah, join the Fox Discord. It's where the cool kids are. Definitely, I can attest to that. Um, I'll there. throw a, a link to join it in the show notes for this episode. So if you haven't joined it already, that'll be a cool way to do it. Um, the coolest. Yeah, so, the coolest, yes, because it'll be my link and it'll go to my stats, yes. Um, <laughs> and the the one other thing which we finally do have to cover, it's been a, a long road to get here, but Daniel has some news about touching and how good it is. Uh, latest episode of Touching is Goods Up. Um, not the Dragon Quest one I planned, um, just because... Because you were slowly I going did- insane. 
Nah, well, I mean, I probably could finish episode three for the, the part three of that now if I wanted to. It's just, it's been. Um, I, I really want to finish getting all the footage for all the Dragon Quest games before I move on to that. Um, and I conveniently happened to have footage from last year that I never used for a Halloween episode, um, <laughs> which was these two games. Twelve Little months Red in Riding the making. Hood. I mean, I recorded all the footage before I went on my holiday last year, and then when I got back, I just didn't get it done in time for Halloween, and then it's like, I can't just put out a Halloween one in the middle of November, because that's stupid. <laughs> Missed your opportunity. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's a special Halloween one. Um, it's focusing on two awesome DSiWare games, um, Little Red Riding Hood Zombie Barbecue and Go Series Undead Storm. Um, just two super underappreciated but really 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 good games especially Little Red Riding Hoods it's just like a great sort of old school um, vertical shooter where you happen to play a really sexed up version of Little Red Riding Hood taking down hordes of zombies that include like a zombified Santa Claus or a giant zombie um, Pinocchio it's bizarre because of course yeah I every I I, I Okay, one of my favourite things about it is, like, it's set in fairy tale land. You travel such areas as the road to Granny's house and, <laughs> and, 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 and up to Santa's, um, thing and Tokyo. Of course. Because, yes. So, cool. cool. Whatever. I'm not questioning any of it at this point. It's just shoot shit. <laughs> cool. Um, well, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Dragon Quest hopefully sometime in the next few weeks. Um, I am plugging away at Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2, so I'm finally at the point now where that's sort of clicking with me, so once that happens, I usually tend to get them done a lot quicker. So if you've been craving more Daniel than you can get on the podcast, there is now a little bit more Daniel for you. I also have a YouTube thing I do now, separate, which is a, my, my, my backlog, where I vlog about my backlog. Yeah, I'll totally throw a link to that as well if anyone wants even more Daniel. So much Daniel to go around. You can be one of the ones of watches. <laughs> That's like, fine. Literal. You could be getting on the ground floor of this, <laughs> this, this grassroots movement of fandom. Um, well, yeah, I guess unless there was anything anyone else wanted to bring up, that's... No. No? Cool. No. Cool. Well, yeah, that's that for another episode. Um, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. It's it's just heartwarming to see the numbers go up because people listen to us ramble on about garbage. We were in the break. We were talking about how nice it is that people actually listen to us. So thank you very much for that. Um, if you want to be super cool, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Throw some stars there. That will be really nice of you also. Um, and if you want to see other stuff on the site, it's books.net, uh, books but with a V. Uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the social biggly boos. Um, Vine. Vi- <laughs> don't bring that up. I'm still very raw about that. And yeah, if, if you want to keep up with us individually, um, I'm on Twitter. I am at Stephen Impson. And where is Troy? Where are you at? At Stew Review. And Daniel? At Werfintendo. Coolio. So... Yeah, that's that for the episode. We'll catch you guys later, and I will catch you on the flip side, buddies. Coolio. Peace, 2016. I can dig it, daddy-o.
hey, hey, oi, oi. The title <laughs> in the burrito was mine. It's a throwback. You come up with... I'm, I'm doing it. It's a throwback if I do it. I didn't give you permission to do that. Let's hey. take a break now. Do you want to say it? You can say it and I'll just swap it in. No, no. The moment oh, It's about gone. principle. It's, yes. Oh, well, now I'm going to have to redo it, otherwise you'll get grumpy. No, 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 no. You leave it in because the comedy, it works. 